the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Glory to Jesus Christ. Lord, glory forever. So, we have today, well, today we're going to reflect a little bit as well. Today we're going to say, well, if we go back to the Annunciation, on March 20th, we celebrate March 25th, and we know that the, the Archangel appeared to the Mother of God and said that she would conceive a child and call his name Emmanuel, which means saved. <clears throat> so we know that that event then took place, that she did in fact conceive in her womb the Savior of the world. And that nine months later, he was born in a manger of dumb beasts, having traveled in a very difficult time period. He traveled, they traveled, where there was no room at the end. And then we know that in terms of the events of the church, the next feast that we celebrate is, of course, Theophany. And that after Theophany, after he was baptized in the Jordan, the, he basically went up into the, into the forest and in the mountains where he fasted for 40 days. And when he came down, began his earthly ministry. Today we celebrate the custom after the law, after the Jewish law, which means that the 40th day you bring the male child and he is, uh, you offer turtle doves and all that kind of thing. So we have then these people. We had the shepherds. We had Joseph. We have a Mother of God. We have all the people associated with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And what can you say about them? They did not shirk their responsibilities, you might say. And so, the story of today, the story of the meeting of the Lord is, of course, to fulfill the law. But this, there's a story behind it, you might say. Simeon, who by this time was very, very old. Very old. He was one of the writers, the translators of the Hebrew scripture into Greek. And so he came to a part in his lifetime, which was some hundreds of years before the birth of Christ. He came to the part where it said in a, a word that meant either woman or virgin. And he said, well, it must be a woman. A woman shall give birth and call his name. No. The uh, archangel Gabriel appeared to her, him, and revealed to him that, no, it's not woman, but virgin. A virgin will give birth. So this is, of course, how it was meant to be in the beginning, you might say. Adam and Eve, as they dwelt in paradise, 
before they sinned and then didn't repent. This is how it was supposed to be. But that's not what happens because we know that in the case of the Mother of God, of course, she remained ever virgin. And then you have Joseph, who basically stood by her side, had faith even as a grain of mustard seed. You have all of the Holy Family, you might say, James, who also traveled into Egypt with them. And so you have this event that takes place, and from it, the church, of course, we, 40 days after the, well, we follow the exact same pattern, but instead of circumcision on the eighth day, we do naming, because Christ fulfilled the circumcision. And so on the 40th day, when he was fulfilling the law, as put down by Moses, we now baptize on the 40th day after the child is born. And so we have this, these practices and these rituals that we participate in on a day-to-day -day basis that's based on the faith of these people who were people. They were people born in this world, conceived in this world, and we have the Savior himself born in this world. And so we have this faithfulness. So Simeon then asked the Lord that he would stay alive to see the coming of the Messiah. And so the Lord granted him that blessing. So you can imagine how he felt. He's very old. Into the hundreds he was. And when he saw the child and he knew who it was, he said with a great exclamation, and we say it as well, every time we do uh, Vespers, Now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, O Master, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared, and so forth. We say this every time we do Vespers. We read this prayer. And you can imagine the great warmth and affection and the love that Simeon had for that moment in time, that moment in history, that moment in fulfilling. And what is his message? The rising and the falling of many in Israel. Well, what does that mean? Well, St. Saint, uh, Saint Blessed Theophylact says that it can refer to our own lives in that we have risings and fallings, we have sin, and then we seek repentance, and that's a rising and a falling. But in this case, it's the rising and falling that, of course, our Lord and Savior will be hung on the cross. He's referenced to be hung on the cross, but that he will rise from the dead. And so that's exactly what happens. They seek him out, they try to kill him, they kill him, 
They put him in a tomb and he rises from the dead on the third day. What a glorious thing for us because in it we rise as well. So this prophecy that, that uh, was, was delivered by Simeon for the rising and falling of many in Israel. And then he says, and the sword shall pierce thy soul. The sword shall pierce thy soul. And the thoughts of many shall be revealed. And so we know that one reference to it is that she was, of course, although she experienced no pain in childbirth and she was born and the child was born, she remained her virginity. We know that when seeing him on the cross in anguish and pain and all the terrible things that had just occurred, that that was like a sword piercing her soul. Could she fully comprehend all that was going on in that moment? Not fully, probably. But in as much as she <coughs> never left, she stayed with him, in a sense, as she had stayed with him from the time she, he was conceived in her womb. So she demonstrates that sort of beauty, that love, that warmth, and she suffers greatly. And she became and becomes a great consolation to the apostles as they go forth after Pentecost, they go forth. She becomes a great consolation to each and every one of them as well. So it's important to understand that this faith that we see demonstrated in the life of the Mother of God, in the lives of Joseph, the life of Simeon, the life of Anna the prophetess, the life of the apostles, the lives of all those that have come that come after, it's filled with hope, <clears throat> love, and a, and a desire to fulfill all things in Jesus Christ. So for us, brothers and sisters, this is kind of a message of a, a kind of a history, but a message to say that we too have to have this kind of faith because it is so easy, especially, I'm telling you, when you get older, now that I'm experiencing olderness in my own life, it's so easy to feel bad about all the things you've ever done in this world that didn't demonstrate this kind of faithfulness. All the things that were not virtuous that you did, that you did, nobody else did them, you did them. And it's like the demons, they will continually try to keep poking at you, reminding you, well, you were a no-gooder, you never did anything good in your life. You're the worst that ever lived. They will say that. Can you imagine the thoughts that, that, that the mother of God had to go through when she saw her son on the cross? Seeing him, he, the eternal, fully God, fully man, hung on the cross. You can imagine the anguish that she went through. You can imagine Simeon shocked when the angel appeared to him and given a blessing to live a long, fruitful life obedient, faithful, following after. 
waiting for that moment in history, that moment in time when the, when the Lord would see fit to redeem his people. That's what we, that's what we are about, where he came to redeem us. And so no matter how bad or whatever things you did in your past, in the past, if God has forgiven you those sins through baptism and, and confession and being absolved, you need to walk past those things. You need to not keep reminding yourself of all the things you did when you were 7 years old or 12 years old or 25 years old. You can repent for all of it, but as far as forgiveness, you confess it, God forgives. You have to have faith in that as you go forward because when we leave this world, we don't have a voice with God. We depend on the voices of all those around us. And the voices of all those around us are going to propel us upward toward paradise until we reach that the, the gate where God welcomes us into his holy, in this place of holiness and blessedness forever. So it is our goal to live forever in Christ. It is our goal to find paradise. It is our goal to be faithful, enduring, long-suffering, all those things. So may God give each of you and myself as well the strength to overcome the fallenness of this world, that we would be with him forever and to abide with him and to proclaim the glory of God forever. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory, glory forever. forever. <laughs>